sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio with myself, Anne Rekovich, and the delightful... Renata Daniel. How are you, Renata? Oh, I'm super fantastic. Thank you very much. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How's your puppy dog? Very good, thank you. Renata had a lovely day yesterday with her puppy dog vomiting everywhere. <laughs> yes. I think she's still got the same tracksuit pants on. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, how terrible it was. I was just running around the whole downstairs with paper towel. <laughs> Spray and wipe and paper towel. Oh, no. That's why I'm so it's glad awful. I've got floorboards because when oh. the cats get a furball... <laughs> That's it. We can just wipe it up. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not talk about it. No, look, we've got a great show this evening. We've got some Australian ghost stories, and we're going to a highway, I do believe, some famous Australian road. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some paranormal news, which you're going to hit up very shortly. Mm-hmm. And we've got our paranormal trash and treasure, mm-hmm. which is all about a clown tonight. And I know how much everybody loves their clowns. We've desperately been trying to buy something haunted except they're so expensive well you, this one particularly is incredibly expensive mm. you did show me one but it was a bit trashy even, yeah even well, that one, treasure it was 30 13.95 <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's what oh. we could afford <laughs> so robert almost paid for that one we could have we could almost buy that no, maybe I'm... we need to start a gofundme account to buy one of these haunted <laughs> things so we can test it out <gasps> That's an idea. Oh, no. <laughs> That's oh, an idea. Uh, anyway, look, uh, and the the other thing we've got on uh, tonight is a weird story. And we've got this Australian weird story tonight, and it is weird. Mm, I can't wait. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to hand over to you, okay. and you're going to tell us what the, lo- the latest news is. Yes. I hope yes. you like the sound effect. Hidden in the woods, the Clutie Well is a Celtic site famous for its link to an ancient healing tradition. Now, we've been to this Clutie Well. Was oh, it the, the Clutie the Well? The Clutie <gasps> Well in Scotland. Oh, sorry. You've been there with your other travel companion. No, you not were me. there. I, I've not I'm been sure. to Scotland with you. Oh, Oh, sorry. Take that That's back. Pour <laughs> some lemon juice and salt in the wounds there, please. I can't put those words back into no, my you mouth. You can't. I'm You're sorry. doing it more and more often. Oh, Gail, sorry. I love you, but we're going to travel without Renata next time so we can you know, dip her in it. All right. So a pair of ghost hunters claim to have captured the spooky image of a witch at one of Scotland's most atmospheric oh, did sites. They, did they take your photo? <laughs> Okay, if you go to Newcastle Live Radio Facebook page, you will see the picture that I'm talking about. And if you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, there's a big red circle. Oh, around that one, it. that blurry thing inside yes, the red circle. Okay. Yes, there's a big red circle. So Lee and like Lindsay Steer of Project Reveal Ghosts of Britain. And I'll tell you what, Project Reveal literally goes out every night to do ghost. Investigation. And they've always got a demon or a witch. And they've got bazillions of followers. Yeah. Absolutely like 
millions. Speaking of which, please head over to Anne and Renata on YouTube and follow us. <laughs> yes, please. We need subscribers, pretty please. Yep. So they were filming a live stream at the Clutie Well in Munlochy, just north of Inverness, when they caught the apparition on camera. I just like what Robert said there, the hula hoop are pointing out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hidden in the woods, it's not really. The Clutie Well is a Celtic site famous for its links to an ancient healing tradition. Now, you're going to ask what a Clutie Well is. I'm going to explain it yeah, to you. I've got, I've got a Clutie in my tree at the front. <laughs> I do. You've got to say in your nose, but never mind. No, no, you taught me to to make the clouties, and I've got one out the front of my tree. People who travel there will bring an item of clothing or a clute and dip it in the well before tying it to a nearby tree in the hope that a sickness or ailment will fade as the rag disintegrates. Now, this is a really, really beautiful and old tradition, and when you walk through this particular clouty woods, you will see literally people's underwear so there are bras and Mm -hmm. underpants Mm -hmm. and hankies and bits of everything anything that was on their person all over the trees i know that there was one near lep castle or leap castle some people call it in ireland and um we were there with dave schrader and the busload of americans as i would like to call them our crazy friends and there was a clutie tree just down the road Mm -hmm. there was walking sticks Mm -hmm. in there there was everything you could think of and there were bras now this particular well i'll never forget because each each of these sacred sites has to have a well right and uh we took a bit of time trying to find the well and gail i love you darling she found it Mm -hmm. and she looked at it and she said is that it (laughs) Good on you, Gail. It's like a six inch by six inch. Hey, I'm not complaining about six inches. (laughs) If it's used well, it's good. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So, um, people, yeah, will travel there, bring an item of clothing or take it off while while they're there and dip it in the well before tying it to a nearby tree in the hope that a sickness or ailment will fade as the rag disintegrates. Lee and Lindsay, who run Ghosts of Britain, the UK's largest paranormal investigation team with 600 100,000 followers. How do we do this? How do we get 600,000 followers, Renata? We talk shit. Yeah, we make it up. We make it up. Yeah, so I can't do go, it. Everywhere we go, there's a demon. I can't well, let's, do it. Let's, let's give it a crack. Oh, I can't. I <laughs> Said can't. they enjoy coming up to Scotland every year for events and decided to visit the well. Lee said, many years ago, people would leave children with illnesses there overnight. <laughs> yeah, put the hoping, children in the tree. Hoping the spirits would heal them. Yeah. Some people say it's haunted and many hear screams and see strange lights. The difference between the daytime and the nighttime is scary. Uh, It was like we were being watched and surrounded. Now, I have to say I was there during the day, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what it would be like at night. You'd be hitting your face in all of this muck all over the trees. And look, to anyone who wouldn't um, be... in in sort of knowledge of, of what all of this is, they'd, they'd say it was a pretty dirty, horrible place and why is all this stuff everywhere? But, but, um, there, there are things on these trees that have been there for many, many years. 
So we kept on hearing sounds like bangs and footsteps, but no one was there. We are very much hardened investigators and we don't normally get scared, but we found it to be a very scary and mystical experience. The duo say they didn't see a presence while they were filming and were only notified by viewers on Facebook about the event, Lindsay said. This is why I love having um, Facebook live when we do our investigations, because they help us. Mm. We didn't notice any while we were live but we did sense the presence of something not so mm, I'm missing a word anyway from watching the video back and seeing the responses it does seem like we captured an image of a woman which we believe to be a witch oh god you're stretching it people our fans and followers say it looks like a witch too well what does a freaking witch look like how would you know um get a mirror we can see a very withered old lady. Yeah, Do not right. speak. <laughs> Do not speak. Don't. Don't. Renata's had a birthday. Don't. She's a little bit sensitive Don't. at the moment, shall we say? Very small in stature with a walking stick, with a cape around the shoulders, a very white face, two black eyes with hair blowing in the wind. Oh, what a total load of bullshit. Go, <laughs> go. Go to Newcastle Live Radio Facebook page and have a look at the picture and tell us what you think it is. Now, the clip has been viewed over 400,000 times during the live event itself, with several sending the screenshot of the apparition to Lee and Lindsay after the show. Fresh from their shoot at the well, the pair say they are now heading down to Edinburgh to investigate some famous cases to do with poltergeists before heading home to Rothenfurm. It's going to be one of those nice people. They said, we will be coming back to Scotland again on the one day where it's nice. At some point, as we love the history here, it is beautiful. It definitely has some fascinating ghost stories. Isn't that an awesome story. That and, is. You finally got a good one. And <laughs> and um, even more so because I was there at that site and I know exactly what it looks like and we put up a whole uh, a whole stack of cluties. We took some um, from everyone here in Newcastle that wanted to um, put their wishes up in this sacred place and we spent like 15-20 minutes or so wrapping them all up in the tree and I've got photos of all of our cluties on this one Do branch. you know that it was this time five years ago that you were there? <gasps> because I sent a, a, a memory to you the other day of when we dropped you to the airport yes. to catch the plane. That was yes. just a couple of days ago. So th- <gasps> it's an anniversary of when those cluties went up. Oh, yes. And how appropriate that you're telling that story. Hmm. I like it. Oh, that's serendipity. The and, synchronicity, and synchronicity and in, everything else. In the wind, or it might have been the garlic and we ate. I don't know. Supercolorfragilisticexpialidocious and whatever else. Yeah. Abracadabra. Oh, I like it. Listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. 
and welcome back to the next segment. You're with Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Ah, Renata, we have an Australian ghost story. Yes. And we've driven down this road many, many times. We have. We have. So this is the second story of the night that um, sort of is associated with us in some way, shape or form, which is very interesting to say we've had these experiences. Yes. Now, before we go too much further, if you'd like to text in your supernatural question or a tarot question or whatever question you've got, now is the time to do it on 0490 That's 0490-84886. And we'll be answering those questions in the next half hour. And please don't ask whether pineapple should go on pizza. Yes, it should. So we're talking about a very spooky highway and Australia has many, but this one is quite local to us. It's actually the Wakehurst Parkway in Sydney, known by some to be Australia's most haunted road. Now, a busy road north of Sydney is not the type of place where you would usually associate with the supernatural, but the Wakehurst Parkway has for years been linked with reported sightings of a mysterious female figure with claims the apparition has appeared in the backseat of people's cars before disappearing. Now, there's an even more local road where this seems to happen. Oh, sorry, I was not paying attention. I was drifting <laughs> off thinking about filming with Bianca. Sorry. Mm. Lemon Tree Passage. Oh, yeah. Lemon Tree Passage Road, mm. yes, of course. Mm. So this particular ghost here of the Wakehurst Parkway has been named. The ghost is known as Kelly and has reputedly terrified motorists over the past five decades. Rumours that circulated among locals on Sydney's northern beaches had suggested it might be linked to a woman killed in a car accident. But now... A a new theory has emerged from accounts gathered. Those who have claimed to have seen Kelly say she appears on or beside the 16-kilometre-long road late at night and then disappears when motorists swerve to avoid her or look back to check, only to see nothing. There's nothing there. She's been described as looking like a nun. Oh. Oh. She can't Driven just very be fast. a normal person. No one can be a normal person. <laughs> Freaking nun. Or somebody wearing a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Filmmaker Bianca Biassi told 9.com.au. And we know Bianca Biassi. Don't we? Oh, we do. Sorry. <laughs> once again, I'm reading text messages that are coming in. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. No, look, we've we've finished. We filmed um, season one with her, which was the space between. And that was all based at Q Station Manly. And now we're filming. Uh, we're, well, once now the COVID's about to lift, we'll be back filming with her. We've half filmed season two. And gee, we're going to look so different when we come back. <laughs> It'll be a few <laughs> kilos heavier, I think. Oh, my God. Your hair's going to be a completely different <laughs> colour. I know. <laughs> Anyway, Bianca has become an expert on the area's ghostly goings-on. Not only did she grow up on the northern beaches, she's interviewed over 100 people who claim to have seen Kelly. And maybe someone that's listening tonight has seen Kelly too. We would love for you to call in and let us know if you have seen Kelly or send us a message on 0490 84886. Now, Biasi 
believe she's close to revealing the secret of the so-called ghostly presence with the help of another haunted spot nearby, Manly's Quarantine Station. The quarantine station is where thousands of travellers arriving in Sydney by ship were sent between the 1830s and 18, sorry, 1984 to prevent them spreading disease. Mm. Mm. Sounds familiar. They yeah. need to reopen. I'd, I'd quite happily quarantine there now. It's beautiful. <laughs> so many died uh, in the Sites Hospital. We've investigated there too. I worked there for six years as their paranormal investigator, running the paranormal investigator experience. And I can tell you in all honesty that place is haunted. Mm. Absolutely. What we've actually realised is, because we do a lot of work at the quarantine station, says Bianca, I actually saw a photo recently of what the nurses used to wear. The old nurse's uniform... It was identical to the descriptions she's been getting from people oh, who have seen oh, Kelly. The nun. Mm-hmm. The, the, it would look like a nun. Mm-hmm. They would look like the flying nun. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a nun or a wedding dress. This is a nurse's outfit. Of course. Bianca, you're, you're genius. Mm-hmm. It could be that she lived locally and worked at the quarantine station, but there's definitely a link. I'm glad we didn't know all of this when we were um, doing the filming for her down there. Because no. I would have hated to have been front-loaded with all that information. Mm. Uh, Biassi is now trawling through old records to attempt to find somebody with that name who might have a gruesome link to the parkway. As part of her research, she has also waded through interviews from people who claim to have seen Kelly, including drivers not local to the area. We had one girl who gave me shivers, she said. Her and her mum were driving down the Wakehurst Parkway. It was late at night and they saw something in the middle of the road. Her mother swerved and then, once they got closer to it, she said at first it looked like a bright light. Her mother swerved and went up into the side of the road. When she swerved, she described it was as she went through her. Biassi said the girl told her when she and her mother looked back, the bright light was gone. She described the ghost and said it was almost like her feet weren't even touching the ground. It's an eerie place. Now, Biassi, who has worked with filmmaker Grant Osborne on TV pilot Journeys into the Unknown, as well as an upcoming film Eleven and doco Haunted Shores, all of which feature the road, said she had experienced strange goings-on in the area too. While filming, a mysterious light appeared behind an actress who was dressed up as Kelly. The crew have been unable to figure out where the light source was coming from. At the same time, the actress went white and described her blood rushing to her feet. Meanwhile, a deep creek, an isolated area of bushland along the road... Oh, that's spooky in there. Two actors were physically sick, I know who they were, while others described smelling blood. Trawl online and claims of sightings on the parkway are not... Um, hard to find. Sydney-based Burmese cab driver Halao also shared a chilling account of an experience he had back in 2010 when he claimed he saw a grey silhouette of a thin young woman sitting on the rear seat of his car. She was in a kind of white dress and had dressed like a Christian nun. I couldn't really see her face clearly, just the shape of her face and her deep green eyes. Yes, the sad green eyes. But she was definitely real 
and sitting there and staring back at me at that precise moment. I slammed the brake hard, he wrote in a blog post. He claimed on a separate night he picked up a female passenger he had driven before who asked to be taken to the same spot where the apparition appeared. Hala later discovered the female passenger had died a few weeks earlier. Oh, wow. Other drivers have described picking up a blood-covered girl on the parkway and taking her to hospital only for her to suddenly disappear. We might need to do this one on True Hauntings. Yes. I think it would be a good one. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. Yes. Yes. Did you like that story? I did. I liked it very much, particularly since we've got some filming in there around that. I like it when it's about us. Mm-hmm. Me, 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 me. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Now, there are many haunted highways in Australia, as there are all over the world. And there is this legend of um, the ghost hitchhiker. And don't forget Wilfred Barrett. Yes. With uh, the Isaac Butterfield special that yes. we were his paranormal investigators. Yes. And you'll have to go to YouTube to um, have a look at that one. Even if he calls us the ghost grannies, it's okay. I like it. She doesn't. We'll just be the crazy aunties instead. Yes. But uh, if you look up on YouTube Isaac Butterfield uh, and look for the ghost of Wilford Wilfred Hitchhiker Ghost or something it is. Yeah, of Wilfred Barrett Drive. And there's also the Jenny Dixon Beach because yes. we've um, got two episodes out of mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, we've got some more filming coming up with and ho- Oh, hopefully so. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Very exciting. They came up with a good one the other day. We'll mm. have to see if that happens. All right, we're going to jump off to a break, but this is the time to send your texts through. We've got some through already. 0490 That's 0490-84-886. Text in your supernatural curly questions, even if you want to know something about Renata and I that might pike your curiosity poink poink your curiosity whatever that word is and renata's back in the chair just in time to start off our next segment and guys thank you for the questions oh my heavens we're gonna have a great night of paranormal conversation in spooky chat awesome awesome all right so i'm actually going to do one that uh came in a little bit late last week but it's a great question it's from leslie in coffs harbour i was wondering if someone truly believes that they have a spirit attachment whether it can manifest to a point when paranormal activity starts to occur or is it just paranoia That's a really, really interesting question. And there are many kind of different things that can be said here. Well, let's look at from the context of people that have told us that they've got an attachment. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing we say to someone when they say, I've got an attachment? Mm -hmm. How do you know? How do you know? Who Mm -hmm. told you that? Mm -hmm. That's our very first question. Because how did they have the knowledge that they have an attachment um, or is it a gut feeling or has some psychic told them, oh, you've got an attachment sitting mm-hmm. on your back and then they start to freak out about it. Mm-hmm. And that's been the most common thing, hasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then they feed into this fear uh, and then they create the, their own reality. So they, if they think they've got an attachment, anything that goes wrong in their life, they then blame the attachment for. And unfortunately in life, shit does happen. Yeah. And we we do we we do have to cope with 
with bad stuff. It doesn't mean there's a demon or there's attachment. It's just a lesson to be learned in life. And sometimes from these these horrible experiences, we actually can grow to be amazing people. Even some of the worst things that can happen to you can make you into an amazing person or you can sit and dwell on it. Yeah. And... <laughs> These things don't just normally happen as you walk down the street and, you know, you go home and there's an attachment. You've, you've probably had to be somewhere and in a particular state of mind uh, to be open to something like this or possibly even happening. In most cases, we just aren't that fascinating for, for ghosts to want to attach to us. Yeah. You know, we're just boring old people who do the same old thing. And a ghost would say, well, why would I want to be there? Well, maybe they're just trying <laughs> to do a poo and they're going to use you to get to that toilet and get that relief. That's right. Well, how's that for classy information? No, absolutely. But look, there, there are. It's, it is a serious subject, and the, the thing about it is that if someone does believe that they have an attachment, the belief itself of having that will lead you to do things that you normally wouldn't do, or feel things that you normally wouldn't, which would lead then for you to have things happen to you that normally wouldn't happen because. Now you feel you have an attachment. Um, so the, the, the word of paranoia will come in eventually if you obsess about it. So the sooner you can get help and assistance and talk it through, the better off you are. Yeah, don't feed it. True. Okay, we're going to go on the next question now with Bronwyn. Quick question for tonight. I'm wondering what are your thoughts about the Winchester House in the United States? Uh, the powers that be seem to be making a fair few dollars out of it, now with tours and an inspired movie. She watched it this afternoon and uh, got her thinking, I have heard of it before but can't remember where from. Uh, we have spoken about it, Bronwyn, before, but we've not actually done a show on it as no, such yet. No. It's it's on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, What's what's your thoughts on it? It's very intriguing, isn't it? Mm. It's um, it, it talks about a woman's grief and um, the way and that, guilt, yeah, grief and guilt, and grief and guilt. And I talked about guilt yesterday to a whole lot of people. Um, guilt can make you do things that you normally, again, wouldn't. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting when when you walk in um no wonder they're making money out of it i mean who wouldn't well it's a weird place it was made um as a never-ending story yeah because she was told again by a psychic or a medium that she must keep building this house 24 hours a day seven days a week building must never stop because the day that she stopped building the spirits would find her of all the people that had um been killed by winchester rifles Mm. so um she she had this paranoia once again somebody had fed her some information i wonder if she'd never heard that if she would have gone on to grieve normally and have a normal life mm. but she was obsessed with seances and spirits and and so for me it i i want to go there i desperately want to go there i've tried to go there but it's just that little bit too far out of la for me to get to easily um imagine all of that um, it's between la and uh what's the one up there san francisco yeah the, um, imagine all all of that on your shoulders, yeah. You know that your husband created a, a weapon of mass destruction, yeah. really, yeah. And um, and you're carrying that. You've been made to carry that, yeah. But she, yeah, I mean, it's a huge house. It's a huge 
property. It would need a lot of upkeep. So yeah, they need to find a way for it to make an income. Yep. It's important that they do. So um, I'm quite happy to go and pay my money and uh, go and have a look and uh, get the opportunity to hopefully investigate one day. Mm. Right. Uh, who have we got here? Emily, uh, question for you both. What was your first paranormal experience? Oh, my first paranormal experience was when I was still in a cot um, and uh, was experiencing shadow people and I was frightened to death, screaming my head off and could not sleep with the lights off at all. As a baby, had to have the lights on and um, had to be able to either hear a TV or my parents down the hallway. Wow. And mine was, uh, once again, as a little tiny tot, I saw a um, creature go flying out from underneath my bed and out through the window and I was screaming bloody murder as well so um, that was mine yeah thank you for that Emily yeah we're both scarred (laughs) well it's led to this lifelong passion so I'm quite thankful Um, and what's Joe got to say love listening to the award winning queens of the paranormal oh Joe oh Joe we we don't mention that very often because it seems to cause a bit of an uproar Um, uh, uh, we've won the award for best paranormal team in the world and um, what was the other thing we won it for oh yeah best female paranormal investigator that would be me Uh and um, Australian ambassadors Australian ambassadors of the year I think that was the one that upset people the most that was the the knife that went in the deepest yes It's all right. We, we're very grateful to be, um, and it was a, a popularity thing. So we're so grateful to the people who voted for us because we've loved every minute, every minute of that trauma. Um, all right. So Joe said, "Do you think uh, ghosts can communicate with each other? Sometimes on the spirit box, it sounds like ghosts are conversing with each other, not us investigators." I agree with you, Joe. I've heard that as well. Mm, yeah. It's like we've tapped into their conversation. Well, if you think of it, of um, us looking into their world who in or a different dimension what are they doing there are they just having a normal life and we are the ghosts interrupting into their world um, because I remember you saying to me that there was one particular uh, EVP session or um, communication session where the the spirit actually said they can hear us yes yes they can hear us so yeah who is the ghost in whose world that's the interesting part of it all. <coughs> oh, the asthma's got me tonight. Hello, Rona. All right. Um, oh, Daniela said she wants to know when our tours are on. Well, as as Anne coughs <coughs> into the <coughs> distance there, um, um, our, our, <laughs> our first tour is actually this coming Friday at Maitland Jail. Woohoo! Amazing. We are back. 22nd Friday, we are back doing our Ghost Hunting 101. Now, that's sold out, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're pretty well booked out for the first few weeks because everyone that was coming on the tours during the lockdown has now been placed into different tours. So we're hoping to get some other sites up and running before Christmas. What about Gloucester? Are the tickets up for that yet? uh, The tickets for Gloucester are up, yes. that's That's coming in November. Oh, guys, do this one. It's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. We 
go out into the forest, into the dark, dark forest, and to the twentieth, twentieth of November, to the mouth of a gold mine, mm-hmm. and we listen in. We do to see if the miners still in there. Yeah, and they're still working machinery stuff there. Yeah, it's awesome. And bats. Yes, there's bats. <laughs> So they're the two that we have up, but we're hoping to have a few more, hopefully by the end of the year, once we get confirmation from the sites that we are allowed on. And you're back with Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays. And thank you guys for all those fabulous questions that are coming in tonight. It's making me really happy. Um, we have we don't have to beg for questions anymore. Right, we've got some more here. Mm-hmm. Can uh, people buy things from second-hand shops? Um, hang on. Can, pe- can thin, thin people buy from second-have shop? With have spirit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm killing this. Whoever this is, I think it's Erin. Uh, um, uh, spirit resumes and have can get ruin of the spirit. Okay, I think what you're saying, Erin, is can you buy things from secondhand shops that have uh, like spirit residual energy and uh, you bring them home with you? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Uh, Look, it's always something that you have to be wary of. And and look, not everyone will pick up on energy. Some people are really, really sensitive and they will pick up on things that they choose in the store. Um, Others will not. But you have to just be aware that if you are buying something secondhand, um, there could be a story attached to it. And if it is something that is a precious item, maybe like a piece of jewellery or a toy or something, and we're talking about haunted items all the time. Or an Annabelle doll. It may have been a precious loved item and someone would have put a lot of their own emotional energy into that. Uh, Or it may have reminded someone of someone they really hated and they put a lot of their emotional energy into that. (laughs) Uh, And so you are picking up on something that um, could possibly still be attached to that item. There are some things that are more likely to be connected to um, some sort of residual energy and they're usually metallic. Metals tend to hold on to... Oh, I thought it would be wood. ...energy metals and wood. Yeah. Um, Not clothing, not so much, because you're normally shoving them in the dryer and washer and washing the bejesus out of them. Yeah. um, Look, I I think of it this way, is that if you're buying a second-hand item, no matter what it is, before you use it you would clean it you would wash it before you use it right Mm. so uh, if you're buying a a secondhand item from somewhere I would give it a cleanse so to speak and make it your own rather than the energy of the people that that had it before you Mm. but it's it's really ingrained in us because if if um, you spend any time in a news agent often you will find that people might look at the top copy of a magazine or a newspaper but then they'll go to the next copy they'll get and the take fresh that one, one. <laughs> and take yep. the untainted one yes because there's doggies from where people have got on their finger to turn the page ew rona oh um right joe hi joe um uh is, hang on it is joe isn't it i think so oh no oh i've just lost it no <laughs> oh, it's robert hello robert uh here's a question for the pair of you 
when a ghost comes into existence, does it primarily haunt the area the person died, for example, in an aircraft in the air? In that instance, would it haunt the plane or the space in the air where it died? Oh, Robert, Robert. you're thinking too hard. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know. It just becomes a vaporous form. All right. So we're talking about the moment that someone dies. Should their spirit stay on this earthly plane? I think that's what he's referring to. Um, if it was a moving... <laughs> Renata's eyes are rolling into the back of her head. Uh, if, if it was a moving item through a space, would that energy stay static in that point? I think... Um, I can only say from what I can guess is that the the uh, energy or the essence of that person would continue on with the journey until they got to where they were wanting to go or they would end back at their most beloved place. If it was a haunting, if it was something that... Oh, she's rocking now. Uh, if it was... Um, where they didn't realise they'd passed and they were still there, they would be in the space where of that object. So if it was, for me, a plane, they would still be in that spot in the plane. If it was a boat, they would be in that spot in the boat. But this is all guessing. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to get up in the, the clouds with my EMF where someone died. <laughs> so if there's someone kicking, flash my lights, please. <laughs> Oh, that would be joyous on an aeroplane. <laughs> I have done it on a cruise ship. Oh, yes, you have. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting question, um, Robert. We might have to ask a, a parapsychologist about that and see what they say. Well, I can, I'm doing the University of Edinburgh parapsychology yeah, course at the moment. At so, well, so they don't actually believe that um, it is dead people. They think it's human energy mm. and that we're... Um, we're creating these ghosts ourselves. Anyway, all right, hang on, see if this, <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> all right, well, that got us to the end of the questions. There were some mighty fine questions in there. Time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of Spooky Sundays with your hosts, Renata Daniel and Anne Rekovich. And we thank you all for listening in up to this point in time. We hope you enjoy the rest of the show this evening. And do us a favour. If you know someone who might have a spare hour tonight and isn't doing anything, how about giving them a call or sending text them text them. messages and, and say, hey. Slip into something more comfortable. <laughs> Turn on the radio to Newcastle Live Radio and listen in because right now we have trash and treasure. Mm-mm. And don't we have a juicy one tonight mm, for you? This, is, this one rattles on forever with their description. Now we're going to Etsy tonight. Mm-hmm. I do like a bit of Etsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's spelled E T S Y for anyone who's playing at home. Now we're going to be looking at a clown. Now he does look like quite a vintage clown and if you'd like to see what he looks like pop over to the newcastle live radio group on facebook Mm -hmm. it's not uh, it's not a page it's a group join that group and have a look at this happy little chappy he's got a nice red nose he's got the lovely clown eyes with those big arches all painted white um and he's got a lovely white and red checked hat on orange wool hair uh then he he has a looks like a hand knitted rainbow scarf, a blue jacket, and he is smiling ever so sweetly. Oh, such a sweet he little is, toy. He is a sweet little thing. It'd mm-hmm. be something you would buy for your little kitty at home or mm-hmm. your grandchild. Not buying it for mine. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you all about Atticus. Mm-hmm. This is a haunted vessel mm-hmm. that contains the spirit called. Atticus. Mm-hmm. He's not a creepy clown. This is, used to belong to a retired theatre performer, uh, and this was his steadfast friend and companion spirit. Now, let me tell you all about it. Atticus. Those looking f- uh, for the stereotypical haunted creepy clown, keep looking. For Atticus is not that. Yes, his vessel is a clown, but he is far from creepy, as you will discover. Atticus comes to me through a theatre link, and I am so excited to bring him forward for you. He, his vessel is a 1940s clown. He has a celluloid face. I'm sure there's a cream for that. Uh, he's, he has original hair, pants, and hat. I've grown quite fond of Atticus, I must say, as he has so many depths to him. So many depths, Renata. Mm-hmm. The spirit here is one who will touch your heart. Mm. Make it stop. He is very special. His past guardian, my source, is the same source as I have obtained a number of other curio and oddity pieces which I have currently listed and many which I've already rehomed on his behalf. That's called sold. Uh, This man collated a vast array of very curious oddities, an enviable collection gathered over a lifetime. My source is quite well known in theatre circles and has decided to rehome a number of his items, being a man on his own and, as he stated, no one shares my love for the quirky and wants to to downsize from his amazing home into an apartment, I think that's called old aged care, uh, to closer to his beloved theatre district as he has retired and wants to be in charge of knowing what happens to his old friends. Atticus, therefore, is ready for his new home. This spirit attachment is a challenging one. Oh, we like it. Challenge, Renata. Mm -hmm. It's 
the mischievous, playful, but with a depth to it. <laughs> like there is an undercurrent. The spirit has a darkness to it. But I have more of a sense of not giving too much away, a hiding away of a true self or an inclination to not let his real self be seen. There is a playful side. He responds to EMF and spirit box, but tires quickly of these games and will withdraw without warning. (laughs) We hate that. Oh, don't we hate that. I have had most success with the Ouija board, and he seems to prefer the elegance of the board, a sense of the respect for the old ways. He is no nonsense. There is a sense of, I will do this my way. This spirit is how he wants to be and will communicate as he chooses. In other words, you're going to get him. He's not going to be happy in his new home, and nothing's going to happen, is it, Renata? No, that's true. Uh, I've lost my spot. He he does not suffer fools gladly. I, I'm with you there, Atticus, on that one. I will warn you of this. Spirit demands respect and will withdraw from you if you are playing games. Hence, as I stated, those looking for the creepy clown, keep looking. This spirit is drawn to curio pieces. He has been around them for a long time and so his interest in these is strong. He loves an old medallion I have in a case. It is frequently moved. Spirit showers honours to his previous guardian. Spirit box gives me gentle and soul which aptly describe his previous guardian. He treated Atticus with respect and spoke of him as a friend, frequently confusing people who heard about Atticus, assuming he was a live person. Atticus had his own chair. Oh, this is starting to feel a little bit like that creepy doll that we did the True Hauntings episode on. Robert. Robert. Uh, So he had his own chair and appreciate this in his new home. He will not respond to being stuck away on a shelf in a spare room the spirit does he want to come into the bedroom with you or something Mm. i don't know if i want to teach him my tricks anyway this spirit is a true companion and he will want to be with you the center of attention aren't you old fellow is an exact quote from the previous guardian to describe atticus such is the way he was respected and i ask this in his new home his previous garden has guardian garden has relayed this to me as a must-have for Atticus. Now, how are they going to tell this when they just buy it off off Etsy? Anyway, the spirit is an enigma and hard to pin down. It moves freely and will let you know it is in your home. It can be a bit frightening and he does pop up suddenly. (laughs) Atticus is here. (laughs) I'll just be... You know, an inch away from your nose when you wake up in the morning. Oh, yeah. He has odd footsteps, very slow, as if he is in no rush. Spirit does touch things in the home, and I have seen items frequently moved. There is such a sense of presence and energy with him. He instantly makes you aware that he is present. This spirit has a true personality. There is nothing remotely circus-like with his spirit. I have the sense of strong intellect. Atticus was freely present at the theatre with his previous guardian, and was featured in many a play or production. Oh, he likes to 
be the star. Of course he does. Uh, if you're going to do YouTube shows, you're going to have to have him front and centre in every mm-hmm. single YouTube clip mm-hmm. or there will be a haunting. Yeah. Uh, for example, in a production of Guys and Dolls, Atticus had his, uh, was on a chair in one of the scenes. Wow. There is much history here. Photos from the shows often have Atticus somewhere in the background as a prop or set piece. He was a bit of a mascot at the theatre. You'd think the theatre would keep him. (sighs) The spirit stands with grace and a real presence. He is quite tall. I see piercing eyes and a direct stare challenging you. A sense of... I see through you, or not being easily fooled. During a session, I have photographed this, and it is included in the images. He has a direct stare, which seems to be summing you up. It's called judging. He is almost coming across as intimidating, but the look pulls back from that. But he is definitely no nonsense. The spirits does not suffer fools gladly. That's a third time they've said that. <laughs> Just in case you missed it. Oh, do not underestimate him. I would feel this would be a mistake in your judgment. Look at his eyes. There is compassion and strength there. However, gentleness too. He covers all the emotions. Yeah, this goes on for a bit. There is someone for whom he is going to be a bolster, a friend, and he will be steadfast. Honour and respect him and he will do the same for you. The spirit sense of fun can be disquieting. It often appears behind you or you will turn around and there it is. No, no. Burn it, burn it. Uh, This can make you uneasy, but it amuses him. He has a sense of the theatrical, uh, of mischief, but there is seriousness there. This is the depth I speak of. Spirit is more than his first. Oops. How much is this? I'm going to get you a guess in a second. Um, spirit is more than his... Um, oh, you made me lose the place uh, than what he seems. I have the sense of deep loss with him that he has not forgotten or displaced. He carries this with him and it has shadowed him always. It's a badge of honour with him and he will not forget. Spirit holds out his hand, which is encircled with... Orbs. There are many. There is one who stands to the side of Atticus, and I have attempted to photograph this for you with a flash on. This spirit keeps close by him, and I have a sense that the spirit is male. Oh, look, it keeps banging on and on and on. We're gonna, we've run out of time. We have. All right, so let me just tell you, if you want to buy it, have a guess how much he is. $362. Uh-uh. By half, you're out. $792.84. I mean, he is quite a, a sort of interesting 1940s clown, but that's, that's, yeah. Oh, let's get into your weird story, Anne, because yeah, you've got a weird one. I did go a little bit over time on that other one. Apologies for that. All right, so we are going to Australia. Sylvan Victoria, 
2016. Have you heard of the Trump family? Not Trump, Trump, T-R-O-M-P. No. Okay, the police were called to their house because they seemed to have disappeared. When the police got there, they found the doors of the house unlocked. A station wagon was missing. Uh, the other cars have been left behind. The keys are all still there in the ignitions for the other cars. The passports, mobile phones, bank cards, and belongings of the family of five were all still in the house, along with piles and piles of financial and business document, documents, as almost as if they'd been neatly ordered, as if somebody had been searching for something. Uh, so we're, we're looking at the Trump family, Mark 51, Jac- Jacob, Jacoba, how do you say that? J-A-C-O-B-A. Oh. Right, J- Jacoba, 53. Oh, just around my age. And they're three adult children, Rihanna, 29, Mitchell, 25, and Ella, 22. So they're not, not young kids, no. but they're all still living at home. Um, so by the time the, the police had got to the house, the family were already hundreds of kilometres away on a journey that was truly bizarre and a bizarre missing persons case. So eventually they were all located over the next several days in various locations across New South Wales and Victoria. All were safe, but not necessarily well. Mm. Yeah, I... This is sounding a little bit familiar. I think yeah. I've, I have heard. We might, I think I may have talked about it like a, a year or two ago. Mm. All right. So um, the the thing that they don't understand is they, they all seem to have piled into Ella's silver Persia, which is the photo I put up on the, yeah. the page, yep. uh, and headed north with little on them but a pile of cash. Uh, so they fled the home, but why? So 32 kilometres into the journey, Mitchell, now Mitchell was the 25-year-old, um, believed to be the only person who had taken his mobile phone on the trip with him, had his phone thrown out of the car window near Warburton mm-hmm. uh, amid fears that they were being tracked. Right. Right. Now let's get to Tuesday the 30th of August. I've got a bit of a timeline here. So around 7am, Mitchell, frustrated by his what seemed to be his parents' paranoia about something, abandoned the trip near regional New South Wales town of Bathurst and began his journey back home via Sydney. A short time later, the rest of the family arrived in Janolan Caves near the Blue Mountains where the two sisters then stole a car and drove back to Goulburn there, they went their separate ways. Ella continued to drive on to Sylvan, while Rihanna was found that afternoon in the back of a stranger's ute in which she'd attempted to steal. The driver, his name was Keith Whitaker, told the Goulburn Post that he'd driven, driven seven kilometres when he felt a kick on the back of his seat. He said, I turned around and saw two legs stretched across the back seat between my seat and the floor. She was lying on the floor. I got an extreme shock. Oh, <laughs> he described Rhiannon as being in a catatonic state. Oh, my god! She was reportedly unable to provide any personal details or identify where she was. When he could phone the police and Rhiannon was taken to Goulburn Hospital where she was treated for stress-related issues. Mm. That's weird. Jacoba and Mark were reported missing that afternoon, prompting police to attend the family home. So Ella arrived there that evening. Uh, Wednesday the 31st of August, Mitchell arrived home that morning, having caught the overnight train from Sydney. Police searched the Janolan Caves area for the parents, but uh, they were nowhere to be found. They'd already driven back over the Victorian border to the town of Wangaratta. 
Uh, from there, Jacob and Trump travelled alone north to Yes, outside of Canberra on public transport while Mark remained behind. So the families all split up and headed in different directions um, and like stealing cars. These people owned like a berry farm. Mm -hmm. They were very normal, everyday people. That night, a young couple in Wangaratta experienced a disturbing incident in which they were tailgated by a man in a silver Peugeot station wagon. When they pulled over, the driver got out of the car and ran towards them before stopping in the middle of the road, staring at them, then walked into nearby Merriwall Park and they believed it was Mark Trump. So he must have got the car. Mm -hmm. It was Ella's car. Then we go on to the Thursday. Uh, in an effort to locate his father, Mitchell Trump appeared on Channel 9 alongside the police appealing for information. So maybe you saw it on the news. Mm. Um, he's scared that people are after him. You're not in a good state of mind, the 25-year-old told the Today Show. Who Mark thought those people were remains unclear. Mitchell simply told host Sylvia Jeffries that he couldn't provide a specific explanation for his parents' paranoia and that their extreme behaviour shocked him. He said, I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. Hmm. Wow. That afternoon, Jacoba Trump was uh, admitted to hospital in Yes after a passerby spotted her wandering around the town in an agitated state. Uh, And according to another paper... um, Sergeant Mark Knight of New South Wales Police said doctors at the hospital had assessed her and her mental health wasn't of a good standard. Sergeant Knight also referred to the case as the most bizarre he'd come across in three decades of policing. Now we head to the Saturday, 3rd of September. Mark Tromp was located running along a street on the outskirts of Wangaratta that evening. He was picked up by police and released to to a relative several hours later. As he was driven away, he gave waving media the middle finger he gave him the bird in a statement the following week he expressed his regret over the ordeal but didn't elaborate what had caused his distress without reservation i apologize for the hurt and concern caused by these events he said so there are theories at the time, there was wild speculation about the prompted what prompted the Trump family to flee, like mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. Theories range from psychosis caused by chemicals that mm-hmm. was used on the red currant farm, so they had a berry farm, as I said, um, and another suggestion is that they were running from debt collectors. Mm-hmm. Both were ruled out and the police didn't comment further, but it was clear that there was mental health issues involved. Uh, And one of the most persistent theories to emerge was that the family may have been experiencing a psychological condition known as, now I'm going to stuff this up, uh, folie à deux, uh, which is madness of two, in which people in close-knit relationships experience a shared psychosis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So obviously they've worked themselves up into a frenzy about something. Mm -hmm. Somebody's planted the seed that maybe we're being watched now, which then's kicked in the paranoia and then just pushed them all over the edge. Now, Rihanna um, was also interviewed by The Woman's Day and she said, you do start to think the same, she said. You have a few things and they do build up 
you can get sick in some way. Her siblings, meanwhile, seemed as baffled as those who'd followed the story. So they don't even know why they did it. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing. And I still feel confused, Ella said during a press conference. I think our states of mind wasn't in the best place. Um, And yeah, I can't even really, for there's no reason for it, it's bizarre. (laughs) Mitchell said he couldn't explain what had happened either, but said he didn't share his father's sense of danger when they scrabbled into the car. It sounds like he was the the one that had the most clueiness to what was happening. Mm-hmm. He said, I just had to go with the family because I wanted to see where they were going. I couldn't just leave them. And you would. Mm. If your family was all wound up like that, I would go with mine. I'd mm-hmm. be saying, hell, I'm coming with you because I've got to watch you guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was tough to see your family like that and I've never seen anyone like it. But the main thing is they're okay now. Everyone is safe. Everyone is well. So we can just go back to being a family again. A family has kept a low profile ever since that has happened. Uh, and they there was um, in another interview there that said that the father had uh, suffered a mental breakdown due to a build-up of stress. And he, his stress built up so massively that he feared that someone was after him and that's what prompted him to flee and guys if you are struggling with stress in your life and you just don't know how to deal with it and it is overwhelming you please contact lifeline on 13 11 14 and seek help talk to someone don't let it build up like this Listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back. <laughs> hey, we've, we've got a few theories coming through on that story. Um, yeah. Deborah Ann thinks that maybe they did some shrooms. Uh, she's also enjoying the music and having a dance around to it as well. Uh, Joe also thinks that the whole family went mushroom picking the day before they disappeared. Mm. And I, I reckon that's what it is too. I reckon they've all tried something a little bit that they shouldn't have, all being adults in the family and that it may have... Uh, not gone real well. They can't tell people what they've done, can they? Mm. They can't say, oh, we'll just, we just tried a little bit of a tab of LSD and thought we'd see how we go as a family. And unfortunately, uh, when you use illicit substances like that, sometimes whatever state you're in, so if you're anxious about something, it actually exacerbates that. Speaking of things we shouldn't be talking about, hello, Christy. Hello, Christy. Hello, the family that trips together stays together. <laughs> oh, you worked on that. That's a good line. I like that. So we have our beautiful Christy from Spells and Spirits. And some and magical moments. You are here to talk about... That's your cue. Stress! <laughs> Stress! Stress! Yes. Stress. Yes. <sighs> People are going back to work. Exactly. So um, residents in New South Wales are experiencing coming out of um, a two-month lockdown. I believe Victorians will be coming out of their world record lockdown shortly. Yes, yes. And that actually, yeah, and while we feel it's great to have some freedom, it actually can bring about quite a lot of stress and anxiety. So if you're um, a little bit of an introvert like me, it's just been blissful. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Christy. Sorry, you just don't have to go public again. Sorry. 
That's right. So it's not just our energies that we need to deal with. It's the energy of everybody else as well. So going, you know, back shopping, back to the office, back to your normal nine to five job can feel quite overwhelming. Mm, that is um, true. With that. So I guess there's ways that we can transfer that stress energy. Um, so, you know, whether it's the repeating tracks that constantly play in our mind, like the soundtrack of our life, it can be on a negative loop. Um, and, you know, the stresses of everyday life, um, you know, not just um, coming out of lockdown and that, but, you know, having been locked away with your partner for two months could also have been extremely stressful for some people yeah. as well. <laughs> Poor Renata's had longer true. than two months. <laughs> ourselves and to practice earthing so there's a few ways to practice this but mainly um the first part part is just setting the intention for what you actually want to do so allow yourself to acknowledge and feel that stress so whether you you say you know well for the next two minutes i'm actually going to really allow myself to feel this emotion so you know it's a real thing so give it a bit of life to acknowledge it. And, you know, the more we push things down, the bigger they grow. Mm-hmm. But just allowing ourselves just to acknowledge that, you know, there's stress there and set that intention of, you know, that energy needs to be moved. So we can't delete energy. We can only transform it into something else. So setting that intention of sending that negative energy or feeling or the situation or whatever it is down to the earth and asking that the earth then transmute that energy into healing for the earth. It's so a little it's bit like how the, all the animals. how the trees take the yucky stuff out of the air and give us back oxygen. It's a bit like that, isn't it? That's right. And so, you know, the ways that we can do that is actually we can pretend to be a tree, stand barefoot on the earth or lay down on the earth and visualise that energy and actually see that stress energy flowing down through your body, through the soles of your feet, down into the earth. You can also practice it in the ocean. So you can jump in the ocean and just imagine, you know, the waves of the water actually washing through your body and letting that dissipate out into the water. Worst case scenario, jump in the shower and envision it washing away. I know we've talked about that before, but, you know, it is a really great way just to cleanse things from your spiritual body it's such an easy thing to do when you have your your daily washing routine just to imagine all the worries and the woes of the world washing down the drain and and going back out into the to the world to uh be energy for something else exactly and you you know there's no doubt that you know our earth needs healing so bad we've got earthquakes tornadoes mother's not happy Mm. (laughs) that's right so You know, the worst case scenario, if you can't do any of those things, actually just sit and visualize and just put all of that stress energy into bubbles and visualize those bubbles just floating away up into the air or balloons. Right. As long as they don't become orbs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about orbs. (laughs) And if you were going to burn some incense or you know how I love to burn stuff, I like to get my charcoal out and throw some herbs on there. What would be some good herbs or something that I could throw on my charcoal to burn <laughs> to relieve my stress? Oh, I could say something, but I will. Yeah. In witchcraft, you know, there's two ways of, you know, getting rid of stress. You can burn stuff. Oh, I like burning stuff. 
Or you can rub, rub one out, whatever. <laughs> Hang on. What did she just say? I don't know. I've got to do what to relieve my stress? <laughs> Is that what you write somebody's name down on a piece of paper and you rub it out? That's, I think so. Let's just do a bit of that. Extremely helpful. We so much for bringing us so much joy. Mm. That, that's just that's lovely, Christy. Goodbye. <laughs> we shall talk to you next week. No, but seriously, thank you so much for your tips. Stressless people. Stress less. Rub it out. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I think we're going to get a note about that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure whether I understood the language. No, you don't. You don't. I'll, I'll explain to you later. <laughs> explain to me in the break. Um, Have you ever heard of fish fingers? No, no. <laughs> Let's go to a song before we I, get into more trouble. I have trouble. not eaten fish fingers for 30 years. Oh, yeah, tried them right, though, huh? Okay. So, uh, let's go to a song. <laughs> I don't think I've adequately recovered from Christie's segment. <laughs> Can I just say that I'm very amused that we had an ad in there for an adult store. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that the, that uh, hang on, what, what's it called no, again? Just, yep. No, 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 no. That, that flirt, flirt, flirt store might be able to help relieve some of that stress. Mm. They've got so. And do you know that toys are now rechargeable with USB? You can have a battery pack and everything. It's fabulous. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get off the, <laughs> before I dig a hole any further than yes. I already have. Yes. Um, uh, and look, I just want to give a big shout out to Robert White, who has been ever so generous to us, uh, sending us stars and, and lots of support. So, Robert, thank you so much. For, as I said, I sent him a message saying thank you from the bottom of our black little hearts. Now, what are we up to? That's true. Now, we've only got a few minutes left and we thought we'd do our uh, obligatory tarot card draw. So all of you that are listening, we need you to choose a number between one and three. Well, ask a question first, I reckon, mm -hmm. and then pick the number. Pick a number, one, two or three. We have laid down three cards and... Um, once we've given you a moment just to pick that number, now you can't change your mind. Just because you hear something you don't like, you can't change your mind and go, no, I don't like that oh, one. Bugger. I was drawn to three, and three was a better reading. Yeah. No, if one was the first one you got in your mind, then you stick to it. Yeah, so stick to your number. Right, what number are you going to I've got to think of a question. Um, all right, I thought of one. I just want to know how this week's going to go, so I'm going to go for two. Yeah, um, I'm going to go three. All right. Okay, so here we go. I hope you've picked your number. So if you have chosen number one, you have the Five of Swords, and this is about competition. It is about keeping your eye on the ball, exactly what you want, because you are going to be swayed in all different directions, and you're going to find lots of reasons to not continue this week and go, it's just all too hard and I can't do it. Now, have a nice cup of herbal tea or use Christie's advice whatever <laughs> i'm not gonna say uh, uh, de-stress 
and continue. Just continue. Um, we've just got some comments there. Oh, my God, Crispy, I fell off my chair again. That was Joe. Um, now, uh, I'm reading from the Naughty and Nice Oracle Cards, the Frightfully Good Cards created by myself and Renata, mm-hmm. which you can buy on the FrightfullyGood.com website. Just look under store. Um, all right, so my card, and it's interesting. I sort of align with you on this one. Mm-hmm. You may want it now, but the universe has a different plan. Take a seat, chill out, and be Patient. Mm, oh. I'm not good at being patient. No. I'm not good at being focused. My focus has been and, awful this yeah. week. You know what focus stands for? Yes, I do. Feck off let's because. No, okay. <laughs> All right, so if you chose card number two like I did, um, not happy news, not happy, you have the Ten of Wands. So these cards are all thinking cards. They're cards of over-processing things oh. and over-stressing and over-doing <gasps> shit and saying, oh, I'm going to do it all because no one can do it as good as I can. So this is the week to delegate and to say to people, can you just handle this for me because I've got something really important I need to think about and not try and take care of everything, please. And Robert's just sent through a message there saying, hope this isn't the last show. (laughs) (laughs) We won't say anything to anyone. It's all right. Nobody will know. Nobody's listening. Anyway. No one will know. Number two. Feck me, you're stubborn. <laughs> Give in a bit, will you? Yep. <laughs> I don't even need to say any more yep, on that. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, my card. Told, the universe has told us. All right, number three. If you chose number three, you have the five of swords. Now, you can get caught up in the struggle rather than the win. You may actually like to have the odds stacked against you because you have a sense of... Martyrdom? Yeah, I'm just going to do this no matter how hard it is. I do do that. I'm just going to do this. And, um, yeah, this kind of says don't. Don't. Don't be like that. Just look at at all the fights you're in and have a think about whether they're worthwhile. All right. Well, um, this card, I always laugh when we get this card here because it says, why don't you ask your spirit guides for some help (laughs) on this one? In other words, nobody here on this earth can help you. You're beyond the help of the mortal plane. You need to ask your spirit guides for help. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Meditate on it. (laughs) Or rub one out, as Christy would <laughs> hey, at least we didn't say penis this show. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, if you were taking bets for the last five minutes of the show. Oh. oh, dear. Look, guys, it's been awesome. It's been awesome tonight. If you have had a really great time, please give us some feedback. Send some feedback back to Newcastle Live Radio and tell them that you're enjoying the show. Um, you can do that on the Facebook group page yeah. or on the Newcastle Live um, page or via text. There's mm-hmm. 0490843886 because they all get to see those text messages. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, just remember that in two weeks' time we have our great Halloween evening. We are going to be on from 8 till midnight. We've got some special guests ringing in, some recorded messages. We're going to do lots of ghost stories. And as always, there'll be awesome music. So please join us. Yeah. And in the meantime, guys, thanks for being here. And we'll see you all on the dark side.